Welcome to the Monroe Church of Christ podcast. I'm Derek Glover, preacher of the Monroe Church of Christ in Monroe, Wisconsin, and I want to thank you for joining us. I hope that you'll subscribe to our podcast, leave a comment or a review on iTunes, and share it with a friend, family member, co-worker, or someone that you think would be interested to know more about our Savior, Jesus Christ. This morning we're continuing our study of the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians, and we've talked about love, and we've talked about joy, and today we talk about peace. And this is a decidedly more difficult topic to try and cover uh, than even love and joy. Uh, it, it's, it's fairly simple. As we've defined fruit of the Spirit in this series, we've defined it as qualities which we, as Spirit-led people, bear as evidence to others of where our heart is and as uh, a, a benefit to others in evangelizing. So if that fruit is what we bear as our identification and as our evangelism and as our good works, then love is easy to define. Joy is easy to define. Peace, that's a harder one to define. That's a little more difficult. The fact that fruit is the evidence of our heart and an outgrowth of our soul makes peace a tough thing to pin down. It's kind of easy to exude things like kindness, uh, self-control, faithfulness. But how do we exude peace? Or how does peace have a place in our existence, in who we are? The Bible describes several different kinds of peace that exists for the faithful. Go to Romans chapter 5, if you will. Romans chapter 5, we'll begin in verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into his grace in which we stand, and we exult in hope of the glory of God. There is implicit in that verse that a conflict exists between us and God. There's a conflict between mankind and God because of sin, because of the differences of our nature, our fallibility, his perfection. And yet, because of Jesus Christ, we are justified, we are cleansed, we are saved, and we have peace with God. Christ's blood is a great treaty between us and God. You know, peace is a commodity in this world that's in high demand. We've gotten pretty spoiled to the idea of living in peace. War doesn't come to our soil all that often. In fact, none, in none of our lifetimes has it. Uh, you can count the Civil War and the Revolution and the War of 1812. But even then, we weren't the country we are now. We've not seen battle. We live in peace. Even when our armies are in conflict elsewhere, we live in peace. But peace has been by far the rare exception to the history of humanity. Turmoil and war and fighting and conflict is the default position of human beings. And it was the default position of the Israelites and God's people in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, because they were wandering to new lands and to places they had not yet been 
and they were having to drive out people that were not God's chosen, and there were constantly those attacking and trying to take the land back, waiting for them to be weak so that they could overthrow and oppress them, and oftentimes they did. Peace was hard to come by and has been throughout the history of the world, and yet Christ gives peace for us with perhaps the greatest foe, and that is sin, gives us a, a victory over sin and thus peace with God. Without Christ, there is conflict. There is a peace spoken of in Scripture that we share. And we have this peace with God because of Christ, but we also have a peace that we share with others. Uh, Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, talks about what we call the Beatitudes, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, etc., and we come to blessed are the peacemakers. Now, there's a lot of ways we could define what it means to be a peacemaker. Those who simply bring a, a positive resolution to a situation. People who are good with conflict management. People who are like negotiators. And I think we can bring peace to people and to situations by being calm and level-headed, negotiating and compromising and showing kindness. And I think those people are blessed to do so. But there is a peace that we share and a peace that we make because we have the love of God to give to others. And we are blessed, Jesus says, because of it, because we, are, uh, we, we bring peace in sharing the gospel. Just as Christ brings peace in our life, we bring peace to others in sharing the gospel with them. And so we are blessed as peacemakers, not negotiators necessarily, but as proliferators of God's love. Turn to the book of Psalm for a minute. We'll talk about another kind of peace we see in Scripture. Go to Psalm chapter 4. We'll start there. And by the way, this is not an exhaustive list. The Psalms are full of these type of, um, of words and type of things that, that are said. But in Psalm chapter 4, David is writing... Beginning in verse 8. In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. There are many psalms where David reflects on the safety and the assurance that he has in God. And it's a form of peace. Now, go forward to Psalm 119. 119 is a very long psalm. So we'll go to chapter 119 and verse 165, those who love your law have great peace and nothing causes them to stumble. I hope for your salvation, O Lord, and do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies and I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and your testimonies for all my ways are before you. And he begins that passage by saying, those who love your law have great peace. David seems to be indicating that in some way there is a peace that comes, an assurance that comes, a security that comes by being in the Lord, being in God, being a part of his family. Uh, those who will follow him and look to him and keep his uh, ordinances find a degree of comfort and peace and safety. In, in uh, the book of Job, Job chapter 22. Now this, this is, we're reading here advice. 
being given to Job from one of his friends, okay? And we know that that advice wasn't always the best, and it was misguided. But it does share um, an idea that I think applies here. Look at Job chapter 22, verse 21. Yield now and be at peace with him, that's God, thereby good will come to you. Please receive instruction from his mouth and establish his words in your heart. Now, even though this was misguided advice, the foundation of it is true, that there was an idea even then, and even what may have uh, predated anything else we, uh, we see in Scripture uh, outside of creation, there, there is an idea that exists, that there is some peace and there's some escape from trouble that comes by being a faithful follower of God. There is peace in assurance. That's the kind of peace that we have sometimes and one of the kinds of peace that the Bible talks about. A peace of assurance, a peace that we share, and a peace with God through Christ. All of these things describe a type of peace that exists for faithful people. All of these describe a type of peace that we have and we possess. And as spirit-led people, they apply certainly in the fruit of the spirit. The evidence we show to the world is a peace that we live in. The thing that we do, our works, our good works, are in spreading peace and in offering peace to others by telling them about Jesus. It certainly applies, all of these do, as fruit of the Spirit. There are misconceptions about what it means to have peace as, as a Christian, as a godly person. There are those who think that becoming a Christian means I will never have any problems ever. That would be the exact opposite of what the Bible teaches. Our path is the hard path. Our choice is the harder road. We choose to be faithful in a world that does not encourage faithfulness. We choose to endure a life because of a hope of what comes after it. But this life is not easy. If it were easy, then Jesus would not have described a wide gate and a wide road that leads to destruction and a narrow gate and a road that few find leading to eternal life. We are in the minority, and we are living a life that is not guaranteed to be easy. In fact, there are parts of it that will be guaranteed to be harder. Peace is hard to come by in this life, and despite the peace we have with God and the peace that we have of assurance and the peace that we can share with others, that does not mean our lives are always peaceful because we choose to follow God and because we choose to have Christ and his blood clothing us and cleansing us. Jesus knew this as he was preparing his disciples, as he was preparing his apostles to go on without him. And as he prepared them, he talked to them about this particular thing. In John, the Gospel of John chapter 14, he says in verse 16, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. This helper, this, this is an interesting word, by the way, because some translations will say comforter um, or helper. The Greek word is called paraclete. 
And we don't have an English equivalent. And this happens often where there are words in other languages that don't have an English equivalent, so we have to come up with something close. And the closest we can come up with is helper or comforter. But a paraclete would be someone who goes on a journey with you. They go on a journey with you. Maybe they carry your burden. That doesn't mean you don't have a burden anymore, but someone's helping you carry it. That would be the paraclete. And Jesus says, I'm leaving. I'm going away. He spends a few chapters in the Gospel of John saying, I'm leaving you, but don't worry. I'm not abandoning you. I'm sending you something else. In fact, I'm going to tell God to send you a paraclete, someone to help bear your burden. He won't take away all your trouble, but he's going to be here to walk with you and guide you and live in you. If you're going to be open to it, that is your helper, that is your comfort, that is your paraclete, that is the Holy Spirit. The purpose of God's Holy Spirit being given to Christians, even from the very first instance of that occurring, was all about giving peace. And while the concept of fruits of the Spirit may make peace a very nebulous concept that's hard to really get grounded The fact is the very foundation of the Holy Spirit's purpose in our life is peace. Peace to endure this world. Peace with God through Christ. Peace to share with others. And peace in knowing who we belong to. That we belong to a God that loved us so much he sent his son. And that son loved us so much that he didn't want to leave without giving us some kind of help. And so he sent the Spirit by God's love, by Christ's willingness, and by the Spirit's comfort, we can stand firm and face this life that is full of conflict and be at peace and show to the world the traits that the Spirit produces of love, joy, and peace and the rest that we will talk about in coming weeks. We serve a wonderful and loving God and the Bible is full of examples of conflict and full of examples of peace coming through the conflict. And I love the words that Wesley read straight from Jesus. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, but I give to you. It's a true peace. It's a real and lasting peace. Because here's the thing about peace in this world. It's always been temporary. There's never been permanent peace anywhere in the history of the world. It's always temporary. Ceasefires end. Treaties are violated. Nations fall and nations rise up. And rebellions happen and revolutions take place. People become upset and angry. Governments become oppressive and tyrannical. Peace is not lasting, it is not permanent, and it is terribly fragile in this life. Even in our personal lives, jobs are lost, finances are affected, relationships fall apart, children hurt and disappoint, people get sick and die. Life is fragile. And the peace that we feel in this life and the peace that we see in this world is all temporary. And spiritually, we face turmoil and pain 
trials, questions, doubts, things we don't talk about in here, by the way. We should, but we don't talk about that very often. We kind of accept when we come in here, everybody in here believes that God exists, right? Everybody in here believes there is a God, he has a son, he died for us. We all believe that. But do you know how many of us sit in these pews every week and we wonder silently to ourselves, what if he's not real? How many of us have doubts and fears and we don't have a peace within us because those doubts exist and that's normal and that's okay and we should talk about that. We should never assume that everybody has a basic acceptance of everything we believe because sometimes we just don't. That is not a life of peace. It's a life of doubt and turmoil and pain. Desperately crying out for peace. And the way we achieve it is to share that with one another, to lean on one another, to encourage and teach one another, and to say it's okay. It's okay to not have peace in your life today. It's okay to have conflict in your life today. It's okay to face doubts today because God is faithful and and he's going to walk with you the same as I'm going to walk with you through all of that. And on the other side, you will find peace again, a lasting peace, a permanent peace through Christ with God, through assurance with the world, and to share with others because of your faith. Peace in this world, peace in our homes, peace in our families, in our lives, in our hearts and minds, and even in our spirit is a terribly fragile thing. But God bolsters it, God strengthens it, and God makes it lasting and permanent because of his son, Jesus Christ. And his Holy Spirit produces the fruit of peace within us. And when the world sees that we are a people of peace, they are drawn to us. Because peace is such a rare commodity. I want to encourage you this morning to seek peace. Seek peace. Not just the avoidance of conflict. Not just the overcoming of conflict or the the resolving of fights or arguments. Seek peace. Seek peace by finding the true peacemaker. When there's turmoil, when there's doubt, when there's pain, when there's struggle... When you're confused, when you're upset, seek peace from the true peacemaker. Pray. Read God's word. Ask him to intervene in your life. Ask him to give you peace. Don't ask him just to fix your problems. Ask him to give you peace about your problems. That's two different things to ask for. Go to the true peacemaker when you're feeling those things. I want to encourage you to Exude peace to those around you. Be a calming presence, a calming spirit, and proliferate the love of God in all of your relationships and interactions so that people will be drawn to to our Savior. And finally, I hope that each of you will seek the true peacemaker and seek a true and lasting peace in the assurance of what is to come, in the hope that we have of eternal life in heaven, of the confidence we have in the things we don't see but we know to be true because God has promised and he will deliver. Let peace be a defining characteristic in your life.
the Bible is full of stories about peace and resolution from conflict. And there's a lot of different kinds and a lot of different ways, but they all have one thing in common. It's always led by God. And it's always led by those who seek him. I hope you seek him today. Seek him as the source of peace. Seek him as the resolution and the, and the, the uh, solution to your conflict and to your, your trials. And share that with others. He is a true peacemaker. And he gives us peace with God that we can with confidence say, one day we will see him in heaven. If you have a need this morning, if there's something we can do to help you, achieve that peace or feel a sense of peace or belonging, then we want to make that opportunity known to you now as we stand and while we sing together. Thank you for joining us for the Monroe Church of Christ podcast. We hope that you have found today's message to be uplifting, inspirational, and encouraging. Most of all, we hope that it helps you along your spiritual journey. If you have any questions or comments or would like to drop us a line, you can do so at MonroeWICOC at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and we look forward to you joining us next week.